You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimao of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! This episode of the Tone Mob Podcast is brought to you by Mammoth Electronics. You may know these guys. Jacob was on an episode here a while back. They really support the whole, you know, boutique pedal community in a huge capacity. And they've had their own DIY kits for a long time, but recently they just went through and redid them all. So they're now easier to assemble than ever. The instructions have been completely revamp so even the complete novice can build these things it's a great great starting point for anybody interested in building their pedals they also all come standard with powder coat and these really sweet looking graphics now the they're really really cool kit builds um if you haven't looked into it go over to mammothelectronics.com do a little snooping around and if you've been thinking about building a pedal in the past but were a little intimidated it's never been better than it is now They've got it all laid out there for you. So go to Mammoth Electronics and check them out. I'm really excited about this one, guys. You probably haven't seen it coming. It's a, it's a new concept in kind of the guitar gear podcast world. But nonetheless, it's important because, I mean, we all we all need this. So there's no reason to not announce the new partnership we have, the new sponsor for the show, and that is Blue TechFlex from Sinusoid Cables. No, your ears did not trick you. I did say that Sinusoid Cables offers blue TechFlex as an option on your cables. I suppose that's not entirely new. They've offered that for a while. But hey, it looks really great. It protects your cable. It keeps it in good condition through the rigors of the road. And if by some freakish accident, you know, your cable became damaged, well, don't worry. Those guys are going to take care of you because those cables have a 100-year warranty, which is good if you're a vampire or a pet parrot. And I haven't figured out what my angle is on this whole joke yet, but I'll figure it out at some point. The point is you should check out sinusoidcables.com, build yourself some beautiful cables or let them do it. doesn't matter. Either way, you're going to have a fine, fine product. Sinusoidcables.com. Rock and roll. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of the ToneMob.com podcast, the show about guitar tone and the people behind it. I'm your host, Blake Weiland, and with me today, I have James Granuzzo of Mayonnaise Effects. How you doing, man? Hey, hey. All hey. right. How are you? I'm pretty good. You know, we, we already discussed the weather off the air, but you know, it's, it's we're bo- basically on opposite sides of the country experiencing the same weather. Somehow, <laughs> yeah. Which is I don't know if what, you have humidity like we have in the East Coast, though. It, it gets pretty. It gets fairly sticky around here. It's not like Florida sticky, but it's uh, it's a very wet part of the part of the country. So we we do have some hu- some humidity over here. 
Oh, okay. We see like California heat, I guess. All uh, Arizona and stuff where it's real dry. No, no, Portland's Portland's wet. So, but enough about that. We we've been trying to do this or <laughs> supposed to do this for like what, like a year and a half, two years, something like that. Um, something like that. Yeah, I think about. Uh, I think I met you at uh, Nam. Uh, yeah, like Nam anyway, twenty. It was the first time that I, it's the first time that I went, and I've been three times now. So yeah, mm. it's been it's been quite a bit of time. Okay, it must have been your second Nam then, because I've only been to Nam twice. Um, oh, and okay. I yeah. met you at the first one, so it was probably your second one. But yeah, oh, uh, right. yeah. Well, yeah. and we were like, yeah, we should one podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah, we should totally podcast sometime. And I was like, I, I was like, oh yeah, I need to record an episode. I was like, wait a second, right, let me go through. You know, some sometimes it's a, it's like I have a list of people who like have offered to come on, or we've talked about it, and you know, usually just go to the next person on the list and and that's what happens and then i i realized like there's some guys that have been on this list for a really long time maybe i should move them up to the front so here we go <laughs> well i appreciate it yes i'm glad to have you on the, the 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 honor to be speaking with you over phone apps is is just is just fantastic <laughs> <laughs> it's so exciting isn't it <laughs> Everyone's like, I've never been on a podcast before. I'm like, well, it's really exciting. It'll be just like when you're talking on the phone. It's going to be so, <laughs> so unlike anything you've ever experienced before. But uh, I suppose we can go ahead and get started into the meat and potatoes, as it were. Um, why don't we start off with the classic question of, uh, you know, what's your musical backstory and uh, how did it, uh, how did it translate into you doing what you, uh, what you're doing today? Right, well, music. I mean, where does anyone really think about where they start with music? But where I think where it really, really came out for me was when I was younger, like uh, middle school age, right around the early 90s. So all of that new uh, alternative grunge, that whole Seattle sound was becoming popular. And it was such a break from usual radio stuff. And, you know, as a young kid, it was getting popular. So I was drawn to it pretty easily and from there as i got older just started looking into more alternative more like punk rock bands and you know a lot of the a lot of the bands i liked were using a lot of different effects so when i was writing my own music i uh, naturally wanted to use a lot of effects and by being interested in them just made me want to know how they worked and then you know that whole boring xyz then i started building them it's not that's the that's what we want to know about what bands were you listening to that in particular i mean back i mean back when i was a kid you know it was hands down uh nirvana Mm -hmm. um because even even though there was a lot of great bands at the time that were that were um you know equally as popular and influential they were they were the band that uh this made the most sense to me and they were a band that had uh, a lot of a lot of respect for other current artists that didn't get as much popularity that I was able to find out about, uh, mm-hmm. like bands like uh, like Dinosaur Junior, and you know, and then bands that they were influenced by, and bands that took influence from them. You know, it was really just uh, opened up a whole a, a whole nice collection of music that I you know has always been my favorite. Right. So so it's always been kind of the more heavier uh, heavier influence things. Oh yeah, For you? yeah. I mean, it's less until until you take it back to 
the earliest influences of a band's earlier influences, and eventually you get to some stuff that's that's older and softer. And and the older I get, the more I re- you know, the more I enjoy and respect uh, stuff that's not as I don't know, as rocking as you would say. Right, right. That's it's funny that you that you bring that up because just yesterday, um, I was thinking about well, it was actually brought up to me on this this show like I don't know a long time ago by when Adam from uh, Satellite Amps was on. Um, but I was listening to um, The Shags because mostly because I just remembered that like Kurt Cobain said that they were one of his favorite bands. You, that was you familiar with a them? lot of things that reasons that got me into into music. Right. I'm like, oh, 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 well, he likes. Oh, hang on. Well, I got to look it up. <laughs> yeah. I, have you listened to the Shags? I have heard them. I'm not super familiar, but uh, I have heard them in the past. Yeah. I, it's just the most. It's the craziest. That I don't. Oh, look, we're gonna derail a little bit, but I have to talk about this because it was like the, no, the go mo- for it. The craziest thing I'd I'd I'd, lis- I'd listened to him before, but kind of forgot about it. Um, it's so it's like these three girls who their father. This is in the the sixties. Um, their father had a dream or a vision of some sort that that his i think it was that his sons would die and that his or something would happen with his sons i can't remember what that part was and that his daughters would be in a famous rock band and so he like kind of forced them to like play like these department store instruments and like play these these songs that they wrote and no one seems to be in in agreement on this band at all whether they were completely musically inept and like awful or if they were like ahead of their time and like avant-garde and you know in some weird way it's but if you listen to them it's the weirdest it's the strangest thing i've ever heard (laughs) yeah it is it's i did not know that story but uh yeah yeah, the the music itself is a little it's definitely out there for you know whatever whatever year it was 1969 is when their only album came out um okay and then in while i was going down this strange rabbit hole last night i found that uh they're actually going to be reuniting and performing at a festival this year, I guess, which is just oh, kind of mind, mind-blowing. But anyway, that has nothing to do with anything, but that was a rabbit hole I went down yesterday. <laughs> oh, hey. Very cool. Um, so did you play in, in, in bands, or were you mostly by yourself, or how did that... Uh, let's fill in some of those gaps there. Yeah, I've, 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 I've played in bands. I've always tried to... I've always tried to do something musically, but being the, on, on the musician side of things, I was never, never really the best player. And I can relate. Not that I'm really any better <laughs> now. So any musical ventures that I that I undertook never really worked out so well, which then really uh, got me a lot more excited about being behind the scenes, making the instruments, and not actually playing them. Right. Right. So what was it? What, how did you get your start building pedals? Did you start with kits? Did you start modding things? Or how did there's usually a, a point A to point B situation there? Yeah, I had I had read about some mods uh, to do, uh, you know, to make like, you know, newer pedals sound more vintage um, and just changing things around. But nothing was really that that mind blowing or, 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 or that intense. I really, I really want, I wanted to not just know how to 
change things, but more how to actually build them. So I, I did start with, uh, with a kit or specifically started just with a kit circuit board. Mm-hmm. And, and then, um, sourced all the, all, all the parts on my own, which, I mean, looking back on it really didn't make a difference because I can't <laughs> come up with the parts. You just put them together, you know, but me in, in, in the, this is my first project version right. of me was like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to look up all these electronics, uh, websites that I've never heard of before and, 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 and source all these parts. And it, you know, took me, I don't, God knows how long to get parts for this, you know, uh, an Octavia, um, Octifuzz clones. Sweet. Where I could have, I, I should have just bought the kit just outright, but you know, I thought I was being really, you know, really cutting edge by right. everything itself. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, and, and and for anyone anyone else out there, whether you whether you build or not, if you're familiar with large, uh, uh, like part supply websites, right, it's not a good idea to try to source parts from Mauser for one pedal. No, they're <laughs> going through just tens of and hundreds of thousands of different listings for all these little tiny parts that I didn't really even know what they did yet. Trying to figure out how to how to do it. It was a little silly. Right, right, right. So you started with the Octave, or with the Octavia clone, yeah. and then did did you sell that? Did you like, what, you know, it doesn't it's not very often that people go from I built a kit to now I have a pedal company and look, and I am doing this. Like, what yeah, was kind I, of the I, next I thing? Started with, I started with that and but I really wasn't happy having just built it. Like, I wanted to know how to really read the schematics and how to actually put it together. So I started breadboarding things. Mm-hmm. Even then I was just breadboarding, you know, other, other projects, things that already existed. But after I figured out how to breadboard them, I wanted to figure out how to do my own circuit boards, um, just doing like a point to point on, on perf board. So mm-hmm. I, was, I was still so technically, I guess you would call it a kit. Because I was following a schematic from a kit, right? But I was not using their their PCBs or anything. I was actually making the circuit boards myself, which I continued to do when I actually ended up started starting to build pedals for sale. I was still building those circuit boards uh, on my own. But right, those early ones on I on perfboard, or you were you acid etching your own boards? Oh, no, I was actually just doing point to point through. Oh, perf-board. gotcha, 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 yeah. gotcha. Which was just, uh, which was a pain. Uh, yes. <laughs> but it was, in a lot of ways, like a lot of things that, that you know, how I, how I do a lot of things, it's just, if it's the easiest, or it's not necessarily the easiest, but if it's something that I can do myself without having to learn a whole new skill set, then I just go with it, even if it takes me, you know, god-awful amount of time. Mm-hmm. What, what, uh, what were the first pedals that you were making that you were selling? The first, uh, man, those are all, those are all way long gone now as far as, as far as their availability now. Mm-hmm. Um, the oldest one that I have is probably what is still known to people as the Reverend Mother, but which okay. I, I will be, I, I reconfigured it and I re-released it at NAM. 
uh, but I have not pursued it as far as selling it yet. But I I kind of retweaked it a little bit, and it's going to be re-released soon as uh, it's going to be called the Navigator, and okay. that is the oldest one that I have. Okay, what is that specifically for the listeners? That is a uh, fuzz based style or double fuzz based style um, fuzz and a boost range master style boost, uh, which is those two two channels um, fuzz as a uh, a toggle switch to click into a, a second fuzz so you can double and layer cascade two fuzzes together, and the boost is just a simple simple signal boost with a, a fair amount of you know drive breakup. Nice. Yeah, two fuzzes. You know I'm all about that. That's that's cool. Very I cool. mean, yeah, well, fuzzes basically is has been the real the real meat uh of what I've been doing. Um with a few exceptions, but mm-hmm. that's what that's what I've been sticking to because that's what I that's what I've always liked to play. Lots of fuzz, yeah. That's why you yeah. and I well, you know, I knew we would get along famously. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. I got I got I don't know. I'm just looking at my mess around me of fuzz petals. <laughs> it's it's a sick. My wife thinks I have a sickness. I just say it's you know it's it's okay. It's for R and D. It's fine. It's it's yeah, not. Yeah. Uh, I can justify it somehow. Um. <laughs> so you started selling those. Did you? Were you? You know, was this very an intentional process for you? Because some people in this industry, it seems like they kind of they kind of fall into having a business. They're like, Oh, I made it. And I put it on eBay or reverb or something. And then it sold, you know? And then, so I made another one and somebody else bought it. And and it seems like some, some, there's a few people that are very intentional about starting their companies and a few that just kind of, they're like, well, now I got this business. So <laughs> yeah, I, I would think it, it's probably half and half mm-hmm. because I, mean, I always want to, I always want to be doing something musical. And like I said, my success as a player was ugh, very, very less than minimal. And on top of yeah. that, I always need, I always need some sort of hobby. I need something to keep me busy. Mm-hmm. So it's not that I started doing this as a way to be like, Oh, you know what? I learned how to build this. I'm just going to, oh, I'm going to make some money mm-hmm. more about like, you know, when you, yeah, there's a difference between sitting around in your room playing your guitar, strumming to yourself, versus then being in a band and having a a, a name. Whether right. or not anyone ever hears you, you can may you may never leave the garage. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but it is still a, name, a lot different. Yeah, you got it gives you more. At least for me, it gives you more drive. So so to sit around building pedals is is great, but to actually have a, a name to attach to them and and have some uniformity over how things look and sound just really kind of wrapped it up nicely for me. And, you know, if people buy them, that's great. Um, if they don't, I mean, I'm still, I'm still going to build them. Right. (laughs) Regardless, it's, it's, it's something you, so it's, it's, it's basically kind of, uh, giving the hobby a, a, a reason to exist more so than just because you want to do it type of thing um yeah if i follow you yeah yeah i that makes sense so i mean how did you settle on your name like where did that come from 
that was really just there's really actually nothing to it other than just it's an old it's just an old inside joke <laughs> a couple of buddies you know like uh from you know from a bar late one night really there's really nothing <laughs> i wish there was something like cool like i had like you know, a big description of what it means you know the the cosmic flow of all this and that and oh no there's nothing to it and it was just a couple drunk idiots laughing about crap at a bar <laughs> well i mean sometimes that's how you know the best stuff comes out right i mean yeah. how, did, wasn't, didn't keith richards write satisfaction while he was passed out something like that i, I can't believe yeah i believe that or it's he woke or, up with the with the idea and for the riff and then just like you know just roused from this dream it's like oh hey i gotta i gotta, I gotta write this down quick yeah, so Real quick yeah, and something then back like to sleep. yeah <laughs> so who knows maybe this is your that was your satisfaction moment who knows i should tell people that keith richards was a, was a, was another time woken up from his sleep and came up with this name and had to call me up immediately he immediately he immediately <laughs> called me james James, I've got one for you. All right, quick, quick, lay it on me, Keith. We don't know how much longer you're going to be around. Um, uh, uh, he's going to be around. He'll, he's going to live forever. He'll, he, it's good when you know. After we've nuked each other to death, we're just going to have all that's left will be cockroaches and Keith Richards. That's all we're going to have left. That's what. Twinkies that's the theory I'm going. I think. With. I think aren't Twinkies proven to withstand? Like decay or something like that. I, I I've heard that, but you know, according to Zombieland, they do have a shelf life, is what Woody Harrelson t- told me. So I'm I'm gonna go yeah, with. They, they, I, think, I haven't eaten one of those in oof, years, but I'm assuming they have some sort of expiration date on them. Yeah. 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 He said. Yeah. He dispelled the rumor, and I mean, if Woody Harrelson says it, it must be true, right? Oh, absolutely. I, I should put that on a T-shirt. Um. <coughs> um. So why don't we talk about uh, kind of like what's in the lineup, uh, what you currently have available for sale. We talked about what you one that you don't have available for sale, but what is uh, what's out there and kind of what are the stories behind some of those products? Okay, yeah, so I have, like I said, I have the, the Reverend Mother soon-to-be Navigator, uh, which, mm-hmm. yes, we got around, went through that. It's is, is not available currently. Well, it's, it's not unavailable. There's just no information about it. So if okay. anyone listens and and they want one, I will say this to anyone who is listening. And it's one of those long things I gotta say. If uh, if you do happen to find yourself on my website and do hear uh, and see the Reverend Mother um, demos and and packaging, and you know, and you're into it, I still can produce them. It'll just be under a different name with some different artwork, which is just not there. So site says unavailable, but talk to me. It's still all good. So okay. with that. That's out of the way. Same deal with the Bad Tina synthesizer. I mm-hmm. shut that down and reworked that into a completely different uh, two-channel uh, double dual oscillator. Uh, so it's the same as it had been, but it's just twice as much with uh, momentary buttons instead of latching foot switches to activate the oscillations. Sweet. Oh, I remember... I remember playing that. That one stuck out to me. Yes. At NAM recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yes. You saw, yeah. So you saw the mm-hmm. yeah you saw the new version. So that will be 
that will be back as the LV426. Uh, but again, not there. But I think it's cool. Just talk to me. It's still, you know, I'm not unable to build them. I've just uh, been too busy to snap photos and do all the, you know, web design stuff to get it up there. So right, right, right. That's out of the way. Stuff that's actually there, good to go, is uh, my Shellshock Fuzz Tremolo. Mm-hmm. Which is which is which has been which has been a favorite of of mine and 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 um, you know people that hear it are usually pretty pretty impressed with it. Uh, it's just a nice full, um, very big muff sound fuzz with a uh, tremolo on a second channel that can alter tremolo speeds with a third foot switch, so okay. that, which which you will cut the time in half. Or speed it up double, depending on which mode you start. Gotcha. And there's different wave shapes, so you can go have a nice, uh, it's like easy cruising sine wave or a super super choppy square wave. Uh, it's really nice to mix with the fuzz and can do a lot of really interesting, um, you know, experimental uh, type stuff. Nice, but tre- tremolo and fuzz are sometimes. I don't know why, not really thought of in the same it, it, as being complementary to each other, but I find them to work very nicely together. Um, yeah, I never thought about it. I never thought about it either. Um, I had had the idea for the tremolo, and I had had this fuzz pedal um, available under a different name, and I was actually working on a custom uh, project for Stephen Brodsky, who's the uh, mm-hmm. Front man from Cave In, now fronts uh, Mutoid Man. Yep. And he was the one that actually suggested me, um, hey, you know, I'd love to do something with fuzz and tremolo on it would be really cool. So I was like, well, hey, I mean, I got this fuzz that I think sounds really good. And I've got this tremolo idea that I haven't actually used yet. Let me put them together. And the result was really, really nice. So I just kept, uh, I just kept making them. That's a good, uh, I mean, hey. If it turns out good, then why not? You know, yeah. That's, uh, yeah it was, it was uh, it's definitely a nice interjection um, that 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 put me down a good uh, a good path. I think. Steven seems like he has uh, his, his uh, several connections with. I I know he him and uh, Ryan over at Fuzz Rocious talk and do things together frequently. It seems like yeah. uh, you uh, you East Coast New Jersey people. A lot of people have connections to him over there, or at least that's the way it seems to me. Maybe I'm draw imagining things that aren't there, but is that um, would you say that's accurate? No, I mean, from at least the way the way I the way I see it, it's you know he's a pretty accessible guy that also really likes effects and is really um, you know really particular and very you know active in seeking out you know his his guitar tone. Mm-hmm. So he's always, you know, makes himself available to manufacturers, or I mean, even just anybody. Uh, but also, him being local is just that you know everyone that is sort of into the same music and is generally geographically close will eventually, eventually their paths will cross. Mm-hmm. So gotcha. I think that's where you find uh, you know, find like a music. You know, someone like Steve is in is he's in Brooklyn. Uh, both me and Ryan are in New Jersey, so it's just you know when you're looking for 
you know, when you're looking for gear and us making gear is looking for people to use it. Right. You know, it's eventually it's going to just eventually it's going to cross. Mm-hmm. But but me actually for me I actually I actually reached out to him um only because I knew uh what a you know big gear collector he was and I was you know for you know the for yeah I guess early 2000s or whatever I first heard Caven was always like a really big Caven fan so for yeah, me to reach good. out with him was kind of like you know what let me just see if someone that I really like musically We'll play some of my stuff, right? <laughs> so for me, it was kind of like, kind of like, oh yeah, wow, I feel so cool now. You know, <laughs> <sighs> I'm one of the cool kids. This is great. Yeah, that it is cool though. I mean, uh, it's it's a uh, people. Uh, the what I've realized from doing this is is not that I've like talked to any like quote unquote famous people or whatever, but everyone when it, I, I've said this before, like. In the gear industry and musician musicians in general, it seems like everyone just is they're just dudes. <laughs> oh <laughs> like, yeah. Everyone's pretty chill for the most part. There's not a lot of there's not nearly as much ego as you would think, especially not in the gear scene, but like a lot of these musicians are just pretty they're pretty cool, you know? They're not they're we're all musicians, we're all probably wired in a similar way. Um and most people are pretty pretty chill, I think. Oh yeah, no, I mean and the whole idea of someone being famous or I guess maybe a celebrity or it's all relative. Cause I remember the, the first time I came back from my first NAM uh, talking to my wife about it and I was all excited being like, Oh, like how, how was it? Did you, did you, did you meet anyone cool? I was like, well, well, I got to meet, I got to meet Zach Vex and Robert mm-hmm. Healy and Mike Matthews. And she's just like, who, who what, what who's that? Like what? what, what is <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh, never mind. It's pedal stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you so mean. For me, for me to meet to meet those guys was kind of they were the people that were making pedals when before I even thought about building anything myself. Mm-hmm. So for me to for me to meet them was sort of I guess my equivalent of you know a celebrity, you know, whatever. And but yeah, like you said in the end, they're just they're just dudes. You know, totally. Just you know, and now I check in with everyone when I go to Nam. Now, how you doing? How you been? And you know, mm-hmm. it's just become, you know, just it's just saying hi to someone you know. No, exactly. It's 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 really funny because I remember being like, like telling my wife when I got back for my first Nam, I was like, yeah, it was great. I went out to this thing and I was just hanging out with with Rob eating burritos. It was cool. And she's like, so you hung out with some dude and ate burritos. I was like, no, but it's Robert Keeley. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I don't So you know. hung out with some dude. And yeah, you hung out with a dude, some nerd who makes pedals is what she's thinking. I'm like, yeah, but I'll oh, fine. And I tried to explain to her, like, <laughs> I remember, like, when, uh, uh, when I started the podcast, like, pretty early on, um, Brian Wampler, you know, sent me an email. Hey, would you mind, would you be interested in having me on the show? And I'm like, what? Of course, your podcast is is half the reason that I'm even doing a gear podcast right now. Yeah. You know, and and then and now fast forward two years or whatever it's been, and that's like now I'm on his show every week, and it's like this weird <laughs> like flip flop yeah, of, I mean, of things. And but everyone's just cool. That's just what I've uh, what I've kind of determined basically. Um, oh yeah, I mean it cuts. You know, I mean 
everyone gets cut down to being just a regular a regular person at the end of it you strip out all the you know the musician or the actor or whatever it is that makes someone you know or to, to the general public mind famous and they're just a, they're just a regular person that hopefully will be will be cool because then it's just like shatters all your dreams and you're like oh my god he was not cool right and then you have to go back thinking that this person you idealized is just a jerk well yeah and ho- fortunately that hasn't really happened yet but it's just we we kind of forget that like you know quote unquote celebrities or people that we know like it's hard to imagine i don't know like <laughs> i don't know it's hard to imagine like I don't know. I'm trying to think of a good example. Like Sean Connery sitting around eating potato chips, but he totally does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah at the he's just a guy. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then I think, I think we're lucky though. Um, in this, in this, in this scene, with, you know, gear, the people that make it and the musicians that are actually pretty passionate about it mm-hmm. tend to be nice people. Yeah. Because they understand, like, I think just I think something about having like a, a larger pedal board or just a more focus on your guitar tone just uh, you just seem to be more I mean, seem to be just like a cooler person you know not not in like you like cooler in like you know like cool points but no cool I know what you mean you're laid back you're you're open to meeting people and you're friendly and you know you're not going to be a jerk I think I think it goes back to like if you notice, like most gearhead type people tend to, I mean, they tend to get along. I think it's just the, the scene and the, the kind of process of going through and finding that ultimate guitar tone, quote unquote, is it attracts a certain type of person. And so when similar minded people get together, they tend to all get along pretty good, you know? Oh, when a yeah, bunch of- I mean when a bunch of car guys get together, they all get along pretty good because they're all car guys, you know, minus the whole Ford Chevy rivalry or something. Yeah. <laughs> but that, I mean, especially with, I mean, especially with, uh, especially with pedal builders, man. I mean, it's like the, the, the community is so, it's so much fun to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, someone like, we all got into this because we're musicians and all, not even that, because we're musicians and we also love pedals. I mean, we're guys that, that weren't just happy just plugging into an amp, cranking it up and, and, and playing. You know, we wanna we wanna process our tone through something. We wanna we wanna create and bend it and then uh, and do all sorts of crazy stuff with it. So for like someone like me that loves, you know, like good heavy fuzz sounds, I get excited when I see other people's stuff and I get to hear it and it's like, whoa, it's like I make fuzz pedals, you make fuzz pedals too. Like Wow, but yours are so much different, and it's so. You know, I just love to hear what everyone else has to bring to the table, and just bring it all, bring it all in, and uh, just check it, just check out everyone's stuff. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um. Uh. Before I before I forget, we keep talking about your fuzzes and how it's a a, a big focus of your your product line. But my, I think my favorite one I played at Nam. It, at least the one that stuck in my memory was actually your delay. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, we were talking about uh, <laughs> talking about all the all, all my people got super derailed. Yeah, wow. Well, well, what's new? This is you've listened <laughs> to the show before. You know how this goes. That's that's fun. <laughs> at least we were okay, still yeah, talking delay, about music. Yeah, the delay, you know, um, 
I'm real happy. I'm really happy with that. I'm really excited to have something that's not uh, that's not a fuzz pedal that just stands alone as, as, as something else. And uh, I think that took me a while to like put together some of the more subtle features of it. And I'm real happy with the way it came out. And I'm glad that you like it too. I, I thought it was really rad. I remember that's the one I remember being like, ah, I'm gonna have to get one of those. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, seems to be. I think the yeah, see, it's 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 it, it's doing well now in terms of you know uh, like people who've played it, their feedback on it and everything. So you know, boring, boring business talk time. It's you know, it's good to see. It's good to have something out there that that's that, that's different and that's getting a good reception because at least it, you know it, help, it helps show me that I can maybe now push the boundaries further and get into something else that's going to be a little different. Get away again from the fuzz, get away from the delay, maybe just, you know, do something completely different. And I guess with a little more confidence that I, I, I can make it, I can make it sound pretty good. Right. So did that in, in kind of exploring that realm, did that give you any like future ideas like for different effect types that you want to start playing with. Like you've, you f- probably feel pretty confident in your ability to make rad fuzz. Um, but now you got this delay. Does that make you like, I want to get into some modulation or something now? Uh, well, I guess you got the trim. Uh, it, it, but... it definitely, definitely made me want to explore other things. And like I said, as far as confidence, it's, it's just by able, being able to, to successfully put together a, a, a delay just made me feel more that like, just that if I try any more experiments, not to go in pessimistically that, you know, like, oh, I'm trying this, but it's probably not going to be that good because I don't know what's going on. I've never tried this before. You mm-hmm. know, now it's, it gives me a little, a little bit more edge, a little bit, because I'm still, well, I'm pessimistic about everything. Cause that's just me. But <laughs> it gets, it gives me a little bit more towards the edge of, you know what, maybe if I plug all this stuff in, Maybe it won't be so bad, and I will be able to tweak it into something good. You know, so it's right. just, it's it's a step it's a step step in the right direction for for some future projects for sure. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, we, you want to go over the, some of the features on that delay real quick, just because it's not yeah, just it's a, a straight um, up delay. It's a uh, it's a twenty three ninety nine delay, which is that's the uh, the chip that it uses, which. If you're familiar with it, then you're pretty familiar with the sound. It's, a, it's for those that don't know, it's a, it's a digital chip that has a pretty gritty analog sound to the repeats, mm-hmm. which is nice because you're able to use a pretty easy, easy to work with, very user friendly digital chip, but get some some pretty nice analog sounding results. Right. Uh, it's got your standard, uh, your standard delay features with your your wet wet control, delay time, uh, the depth, and you know, like a lot of delays. If you get that depth too high, it'll start to self oscillate and, and and feedback. Uh, it's also it's also got a, a, a bright and a dark feature, which well will keep you know keep the, the the repeats either on the higher or lower end of the spectrum. The higher end is definitely a little more gritty, almost uh, almost like a hint of a drive. I would say on the on the repeats, mm-hmm. but the dark is a little it's a little softer, more mellow. And two features that I really like about it is the uh, 
the warp switch, which is the second foot switch, which with that that will actually change the range of the delay time. So you okay. can go so as you as you select your your delay time with the uh, with the time knob, you hit the warp switch. It'll it'll slow it down or speed it up, very much like how the tremolo uh, works on the shell shock, where you can you can cut it in half or speed it up. So mm-hmm. with the, with the delay though, it, it's not just changing the time so much because you know it really it warps it warps the delay and gives you a lot of really interesting undertones um, depending on whether you you know you're going to a faster time or a slower time. Mm-hmm. And then the last feature on this is the is a momentary foot switch, is the mm-hmm. infinite switch, which will automatically ramp up the uh, the depth, which is the the space control. All mm-hmm. the way to full, and we'll just instantly put the pedal into uh, infinite repeats and uh, like feedback oscillation. Yes, I love those kind kind of things. I have so much fun with that. And there's um, a you know just 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 to get people you know some extra control. There's a, a, a trim pot that controls the sensitivity of that switch, and mm-hmm. to avoid having people crack open the back of it and adjust the trim pot, close it back up, and not like it, I actually mounted the trim pot. On the inside, uh, on the inside edge of you know one of the side walls of the enclosure, and drilled a hole, like almost like a little window, and then mounted it right on there so that you can act you can access it right there, right on the side of the pedal with a little little screwdriver. That's right. I remember that now. I thought that was really clever because it is kind of a pain, especially if you like have it already on your board, you know. And it's like I want to mess with that a little bit, and and. Okay, here we go. Rip everything apart. Take the back screws off. I thought that was really clever. I don't know that I've seen that done before. Lo- you know, lots of people well, have trim, adjustable trim pots. Trim pots are nice. Yeah. Trim pots are nice because I like that you can. And this goes for any 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 pedal, of course, not just mine. Um, I like that you can tweak controls that weren't presented to you on the face of the pedal as a as like a user control. It's something mm-hmm. that's a little more advanced. That if you want a specific sound. Uh, but it's not always like like you were saying. It's not always feasible to crack and open the back. And I just figured for this, because you can use it in a number of different sensitivity settings with that trim pot, just mount it on the side and give a little extra incentive to people to want to play around with it and and and, and give that infinite control uh, with those feedbacks. Um, just a lot, you know, a lot more open up a lot more options there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I know I've I've messed with pedals like that before, and I personally like them to come on really fast. Um, but I've talked to several other guys who like those features as well, but they are backwards. They want them to kind of ramp slow. So I like to like I like to I like to hit those switches or um and uh, you know just have it go crazy instantly. Uh, right. But not everybody not everybody's as weird as I am, I guess. So, you know, people, nice. I mean, and obviously with, with, uh, with, with an effect like delay, people use that delay effect for so many different, so many different uses, uh, mm-hmm. more or less than like a fuzz pedal, which is just going to give you that, that nice, just in your face, fuzzy, just nice, hard hitting Velcro-y crunch with a delay. So many different, so many different musical styles will incorporate delay from your really long, spacey sounds, maybe just like a quick slap back, 
Mm-hmm. So to have this feature be customizable for what someone's going to use it for was, was something I thought was pretty important. Right, right. Oh, we should probably put out a, a quick disclaimer real quick. Not all, just because you open up a pedal and you see it has a trim pod in it doesn't mean you should turn it. Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Only turn it if the manufacturer says it's okay to turn it. Don't open up your Chase Bliss uh, uh, pedals and start tweaking those trim pots. You will not be pleased with the results. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely not. Some of those are for calibration purposes. (laughs) Uh, I I definitely don't have anything halfway advanced as, as, as those Chase Bliss pedals, but uh, I do have some fuzz that I do prefer it be at a certain voltage mm-hmm. on, on some of the transistors, so I put trim pots in there to really set it. Right. It doesn't have to be that way. Uh, some people prefer something a little different. Uh, they, could, they could change it, but like I said, you know, don't change it unless you know what you're changing, yes. it definitely won't be the same. Which is why, for the Space Invader delay, I put the trim pot, or I made the trim pot accessible from the exterior because it's sort of inviting you, please, please turn please it, turn, yes. please mess with it. You know, because it, it only it doesn't affect the function of the pedal, only that one control. So mm-hmm. please mess with it. Please find out, you know, what you like and uh, and you know experiment with it right right yeah that's a that makes sense and and it's you know it doesn't take up any extra space like because you could have used a regular pot right but then you have a big old thing hanging off the side you know it's a it's just a it's a clever idea i like it i've not seen that done before it's not it's not going to be something that you're going to mess with too much but it does it does give you a few different options with that with that control that you wouldn't have if the control wasn't there at all. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, because you could just, you know, set it, but then, like I said, people, you know, it lets people decide decide for themselves how fast they want to get nuts. Um, yeah. Which is, which is cool. Um, good, I'm glad we talked about that, because I wanted, I wanted people to know about that pedal. I thought it was cool. I like, no, I don't know, that thing, that's important. That's not even, forget about me and my pedals. Or anything else having to do with, 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 with you or me or your podcast, please, people, <laughs> don't turn your trim pots unless you know what you're doing. Or the <laughs> manufacturer says it's okay, because you might know what you're doing. Give me some of those complicated Chase Bliss pedals, and you know me as a pedal builder, I, wouldn't, I would be completely lost if I turned those the wrong way myself. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'd look into those things, and I'm just like, well close that back up that's beyond my understanding as a human so we'll, we'll just let the guys put their magic in the box and uh we'll call that a day i think fortunately they're nice enough guys though that if you do mess it up you know you don't have to feel too intimidated call them up and be like i messed up my pedal i turned your trim pot and, uh, uh, i mean sorry. they'll laugh at you uh, they'll laugh at you in the office they oh, will oh yeah well i mean you know and they should that's fine. <laughs> People find ways to laugh at me, um, and you know, usually at my expense, but multiple times a day. Oh, of course, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's what we do as humans. We're constantly looking to put shift the uh, shift the attention to somebody else in a negative way. 
right? That's uh, how we roll. Um, well, we talked about Chase Bliss, and we and we talked about you know everybody knows that they're awesome. Um, but like, who else are you seeing? Kind of, uh, or maybe some guys that that aren't aren't as popular, or aren't as well known, uh, that are building some stuff that you really like. Um, I mean, I would say my some of my my, my favorite stuff uh, that I like, and I don't know uh, which is how this goes. I don't know if it's because these guys are are you know guys I've become friends with through doing pedals, so I like their stuff that way, or did I become friends with them because I like their stuff? But mm-hmm. either way, um, definitely big plugs to uh, to uh, Adventure. Mm, I think yes, uh, I think their whatever is. It's awesome. One of the coolest pedals I've ever played. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember when uh, Christian had it at Summer Nam. Uh, not this past. Well, actually, it'd be going be two years, um, almost two years ago since uh, Summer Nam's about to happen again. Uh, when he just had the prototype, he had, did not even have a working unit ready. Brought it down on his on a breadboard. Mm-hmm. Um, for people to try, and it was just I was completely blown away by it, and it just only gotten better as he tweaked it and and and, and improved it. But that, yeah, his uh, his stuff is great. That pedal uh, specifically, um, I love uh, I love Fuzzrocious stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a very similar attitude towards fuzz that I do, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, the stuff that time the times that they've moved away. From fuzz they've done it in a really interesting really unique way uh again but with that with that same aggressive attitude towards sound and towards towards the finished product that 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 i like to have um and you know big, big ear is is fantastic mm-hmm. uh, caroline um yeah i mean it's so yeah now i start thinking about i start thinking about uh so I think about all the pedals now because just sit here and just name like every you know <laughs> there's so so many so many so many so many people that I that I meet that have nice stuff or stuff that impresses me that I'm just like wow you know like it it on one hand it makes me really happy to to be involved in building with this other times I'm like man I should just give up these guys are really good <laughs> <laughs> yeah all all those guys you mentioned are are killing it right now um. The the whatever by I believe he just came out with a V two of that actually with the yes expression control and whatnot. But a quick note about that pedal for anyone who hasn't got to play it: it has the mo- coolest and even if you don't like shimmer, um, it has the coolest and most unique sounding shimmer I've ever heard. There's like there's a di- there, most of them just octave up, octave up, octave up. You know how shimmer reverb works. That one has some sort of something off in there in a good way <laughs> there's like, like a, a dissonance yeah, like a modulating deck there's like a dissonance to it that I, yeah. I like a different like a different interval thrown in there and it makes the whole thing sound so much cooler um it's very cool but yeah they, christian is definitely working on uh a, 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 a pretty pretty advanced level yeah he's got some together and i'm i'm i'm, I'm really happy to hear everything he comes out with oh yes yeah we, i was just talking to him the other day we we got stuff just keep it oh, keep oh it okay right. yeah yeah you uh, know, i mean you whisper but i mean either people you can just turn the volume up on their uh, no they didn't there's no or... way they could hear that we're gonna edit that out <laughs> it didn't happen 
Oh <laughs> uh, no, we've done stuff in the past, so people probably wouldn't be too surprised by that. But um, yeah, well, so I mean, I remember um, you guys did your uh, um, did that flood battle together that you had me etch. Uh, yes, exactly. That was, that, that was that was that was that was fun to to to, to have a little triangle uh, collaboration there. That was that was a lot of fun. That was cool, and it turned out great. And I actually want that. That was something I wanted to get into. Um, your etching specifically, because I haven't really talked to anybody uh, that I can remember for sure about that process, but it seems like really labor intensive and time consuming, but yet so awesome. Um, it's, I don't it's know very, anything about very, it. Can you can you peel back the curtain a little bit on it? It's very labor intensive, um, but again, like I uh, like I mentioned before, I think with uh, having to build my own circuit boards when I was building kits, but not trying to use a kit. Mm-hmm. Um, it was something that I could do myself. Right. And it was just so, even though it's very labor intensive, it's very accessible. Not okay. very hard to try. Uh, Cause I mean, obviously screen printing panel pedals is pretty standard and pretty simple. Once you have, the technology and the setup and everything. And I didn't have that and didn't really have the money to invest in that. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. what can I do? That's going to make pedals look cool. It's not very hard. I looked into the etching. It's really just all it, all all it really costs is the cost of the transfer paper, uh, some painter's tape and the etching fluid itself. Mm Mm-hmm. It's kind of all you do is you you know you print you print you print the design out on the uh, the transfer paper, iron that on to the the pedal, uh, mask up any any holes that that don't stick, mm-hmm. mask up with tape around everything else that you do not want to etch, and then just dunk it in the uh, the etching fluid the uh, fer- ferric chloride solution, and it you know it burns it in. Uh, that's that's pretty much the long and short of it, and it's just it gets it gets labor intensive with the the masking, trying to get everything to look really nice and crisp. Sometimes you know the 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 time spent while the while the enclosures are etching, make sure you get a deep enough etch, uh, an even enough etch. I've had to play around with temperatures, and fortunately oh, wow. summer months are com- fortunately summer months are coming, and. It's warmer outside. So take everything out. Take everything out to my garage where I do the where I do the etching, and it's just it's 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 hot in there, so it keeps everything nice. But you know, in the winter time, and even up 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 to even last month, I was using a space heater to heat up the fluid a little bit in the in the room to make sure I got a nice deep etch. And then what I like to do at the end of everything is just you know when you clean everything off afterwards, I like to spray it with a clear coat. Mm-hmm. Just right. to get the just to get the black to pop, some mm-hmm. people will wet sand, spray paint, and that makes things even more labor intensive to a point that that's that that's not something that 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 I could do, um, not even willingly. It's just uh, like matter of factly with time and having to having to you know pump out pedals. I you know it's just there's no it'd be impossible for me to to put that much. That much effort. right. It's already, it's already about a two-day process. Oh wow! To get everything done as it is. 
So I definitely couldn't afford to make anything longer than that. But. No, that's pretty. That's pretty intense. How long do they have to sit and you know etch in the solution? Um, etching is only about a half an hour. Oh, okay. That's faster uh, than I thought. It usually takes more time because I have to, you know, I have to set up everything. I have to set up the tubs and pour the solution, get everything good and ready to go, and then checking in on them periodically. But I would average average out about about a half an hour, and maybe another ten minutes to clean everything off, remove the tape, um, you know, get some acetone over the surface, and get everything nice and clean. So is that a is that per pedal? Roughly, or do you do them in a big batch? Or I don't. It is I don't know. It, well. It is per pedal, but I can do I can do multiple ones at once. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I could etch. I mean, as long as I get enough tubs to put fluid in, I can etch as many pedals as there is. Gotcha. But for anyone who wants to do that, I would say do not do that in one big tub because I made oh. that mistake early on. Okay. Uh, what happened? To get yeah, definitely use multiple small tubs that only hold two or three pedals each. Uh, the process creates heat. And the heat, sp- and the heat speeds up the, the reaction. Mm-hmm. And the reaction creates more heat, which speeds up, you know, it's just this, this whole, this okay. whole cycle. I had, a, I had a big tub, like one of those under-the-bed storage tubs. Yep. Uh, and I had about, I, know, I had about like 10 enclosures in it, maybe even more. And okay. within about Five minutes, the whole thing was boiling. Oh, that's almost, freaky! I almost boiled and frothed over the sides, and the boxes were burned through to where there was no art left on them at all, and were like Im- like impossible to touch. I mean, I had to pull them out with tongs. So hot! Wow. Um, so yeah, so it's it, it definitely small bat. If you do. Again, if you need to do ten pedals at once, get five tubs for two pedals each, and well, you do not see? have that, kind of, that, <laughs> that, that 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 same heat reaction. I had no idea. That is gnarly. That's like, um, and the and the fl- the fluid stains. It burns any other metal that it touches. So it's just it's 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 annoying to work with. So the less mess you can make, it's just it's just easier. Is that a is that a Something you have to get a specific type of of plastic or whatever to put it in, so you don't do oh, the happen in, in Breaking Bad and put it in the bathtub and have a skeleton fall through the, you know. Oh, I hope I didn't ruin that for anybody. If you haven't seen it by now, that's your that's your problem. <laughs> no, I mean, um, any uh, as long as it's not metal. Okay, it's fine. It, it's it's a weird it's a weird substance that it's. Highly corrosive and burns through metal, creates all this heat and everything. But yet, plastic and it, it, like glass, completely unaffected. Huh? Very, that, it's very, very strange. And you can just get this at like a, I don't know, a hardware store or something, or what, is it something you have to order? Uh, I order it from um, electronics oh, suppliers. Okay. It's, gotcha. You know, it's it's, it's um, the same. It's the same solution that you would u- that you would use to etch PCBs. Oh, so, okay, gotcha. Any any elect- any electronic supplier sells it as part of their you know uh, prototyping or PCB manufacturing sites on their on their pages, depending on depending on the supplier. 
Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, so oh, yeah, it's not it's not hard to get. Um and it's not it's not super, super hard to work with uh once you work out some of the kinks and figure out, you know, your how you want things to look. I mean I think I've pretty much got it nailed down about how I like things to go and the system that I have for doing it. Nice. Nice. Well, that's good. We, you, I learned something today. Learn something every. I actually on most of these podcasts, I end up learning something. So, um, which is half of the fun in doing it. I, I, okay. I still don't know that much, but um, I know way more than I did when I first started. So it's it's nice for my brain. Um, oh yeah, of course. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's what it's all about, man. Nice, nice. Well, we have. Just about hit that hour mark, and I have failed to bring up, you know, the most important question. So I'm going to go ahead and get that out there right now. Um, All right, here we go. But uh, first, let's tell, before I get that out of the way, let's let you plug yourself. Where can everyone find you on the interwebs? All right, well, very easy. Uh, www.meanacefx.com is my website. There's links there uh, for Facebook page or Instagram. Uh, my reverb page is there. Uh, you can check out, uh, I think, demos of just about every one of the pedals. Uh, I'm hoping this summer, with uh, more free time I have this uh, coming up this summer, that I'll be able to get new demos, new photos, new everything on the website. Um, for people so hopefully uh if you stay tuned that'll all be there real soon sweet sweet i do i did get myself uh a new gopro camera and some video software so i'm ready to go ready to go with some fresh demos and all i need is just the time to sit down and do it right on man all right we got that official business out of the way now we're going for the we're going for the this is a this is the heavy hitter so I hope you're ready oh, yeah. All right. to really, really peel back the layers here. So, uh, James, <laughs> what's your favorite kind of pizza? Favorite pizza? Yes. And I'm live like 20 minutes outside of New York City. Mm-hmm. So there is no favorite pizza. There's no no favorite pizza. Uh, give me a plain, give me a New York slice. Done deal. Just a good old the New York cheese. Just a good, good, just a good, nice, giant New York slice. I don't need, I don't need, I don't need anything else. Wow. Man, man knows what he likes. He's, he's a, he's got it figured out. That's one thing I, I, think, I, I've been, I, I think I've been spoiled. It been seems spoiled that way. Around things my whole life. I, uh, I, I'm a big pizza fan. I like many different styles and, uh, and flavors of pizza. Um, I okay. really need to go to New York City because I've never been there. A and then B. The other reason is because I need I need to experience a genuine New York slice. I, I've we got New York style pizza over here, but I don't know if they're legit or not. I have no idea. So I can't speak go for Portland. It. I can't speak for Portland, but I know Cal- like California pizza mm-hmm. is is not cutting it. It's not. It's not, not even. Yeah, no matter how much they want to talk about New York style or this and that, it definitely, definitely doesn't cut it. 
Can't speak okay. for Portland. So Portland um, Portland's this big melting pot of places. Not in it well, you know, that's what they say about New York City too, but Portland's got like all kinds of different pizza. Like we have the the full pizza spectrum available to us. And so right. the the one pizza place that I I've heard is fairly legit is called Escape from New York. Um and it's what okay. I would ima- it's what I would imagine a New York slice to be, but that doesn't mean that it I have no I have no frame of reference for the real thing. So I'll some have to find say, out. Some people say and I don't I don't know how true this could be or if it's true at all or but some people say it's like this this New York metropolitan area. Like I'm not I'm I'm in New Jersey, um but like kind of right in the shadow of New York City. Mm-hmm. And some people say that it's just like the the water here is what makes like New York pizzas and New York bagels that quintessential, you know, food item that, 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 that they are. I don't know. I don't know um, how true that is. I can I also, buy that, though. But I also, I also can't, I also don't understand why in all of the time that people have been moving around and making pizzas that some dude from New York just didn't move to some part of the country, made pizza, and it's the same. Somehow it always ends up different. So hmm. there might be something to that, but I don't know how that's how it works. I, I, I could buy that. I could definitely buy that. I know that uh, they say the same thing about uh, the, the beer in our area. They're like, there's something in the water is, is got a lot to do with that. Um, which, so, I mean... Makes sense to me. I'll buy it. I'm, what am I, a scientist? I, 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 I could buy it. A lot of, uh, a lot of West Coast breweries make uh, fantastic beer. Mm-hmm. It could be. I know, and I know, like, uh, the, the guys that, this is a completely different topic, and we're over time, but I don't care. It's my show. Um, <laughs> with, <laughs> uh, like, serious home brewers, I, this is... I used to be into the homebrewing, but I never got super serious about it. But I know that, like, there's guys who have systems and methodologies for taking their local water and making it match as close as they can chemically to water in, say, Belgium or New York or wherever to, like, try to match these regional styles of beer. They'll actually, like, add things to their water to try to get them as close as they can and, like, measure different pHs and all kinds of crazy stuff. So, I, yeah, I'm buying I mean, the water thing. I mean, it's definitely, it's... I'm not a chemist, but I know that water is, you know, a chemical compound, so... <laughs> hey! It's like H2-something, right? Something. There's, there's, there's letters and numbers. We'll figure it out. <laughs> I'm a, we'll, t- we'll take care of this off the air. <laughs> Let's right, actually man. bring up a funny. Let's bring up a oh. funny story. Um, oh, tell me that I heard about uh, a joke that chemists pulled on college campuses. Okay, asking people about how, asking the students how they felt or wanted to sign a petition to ban um, was it dihydrogen monoxide? Okay, <laughs> that's right. I forgot about Which, that. Is you know, which is just the name, the chemical name of H two O, which is water. 
But the mm-hmm. way they make it sound, they hear this dihydrogen monoxide. You know, it sounds like carbon monoxide. And, right. Uh, everyone's like, "Oh, that sounds. That's terrible. That's the worst thing that uh, that's on the planet right now. It's such a threat to the environment." And <laughs> <laughs> we got to get rid of it. We got to ban it. Ban it from from our campuses. Ban it from our bodies. We got to we got to get rid of it. <laughs> that's funny. I would have yeah, been like. Uh, I actually don't even know the origin of that or um, where it came from. You know, like I, I remember, I remember hearing that, and I remember getting a you know a little chuckle out of it. Yes, that is quite good. I like it. Uh, I feel like, I mean, we've already went completely sideways. That's probably as good of a note to wrap up on as anything else. Unless you have anything else for the listeners before we sign off. Uh, I would, uh, I would think not. I, uh, I, I think this is probably the most attention that, uh, one person has paid to a conversation with me in probably the last five years. Oh. So <laughs> I am. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm, 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 I'm through the, I'm going to go out and have a party tonight. I'm like, wow, man. I've well, you know, the, look at my counter here. I've been on for 60, 68 minutes. This is, this is, this is, this is unbelievable. 68 minutes. Well, you're, you know. Not just one person is paying attention to you right now. There's, there's going to probably be a few thousand people that are going to sit down and listen to you talk. So, hope yeah, that's well, okay. I mean, I'm sorry that I, I probably ruined your, your show because after minute two, they're going to they're gonna turn me off and they're like, I cannot believe you. If, they, if they'll tune in and listen to me, trust me, they'll tune in and listen to anybody, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know what... I, uh, Dear listener, I I don't I'm I'm glad you're here, but but why? Don't you have things something better to do? No, nothing better to do. Then listen to this guy. All right, <laughs> dear listeners, <laughs> thank you for putting up with whatever nonsense I was talking about for, for this yes. long. Yes, because... and that applies to every week with me. Thank you for putting <laughs> up with my nonsense. <laughs> my my guests are what make the sh- I think my guests are what make the show listenable. So thanks for coming on. Oh man! Wow. Oof. Oh, there's compliments involved. This is uh, I'm not. I'm not prepared for this. <laughs> well, you didn't say when we talked about uh, getting ready for this. You didn't say there'd be compliments. So, well, I did ask new, you if there was anything you new. did or did not want to discuss, though. <laughs> I and if I want to talk please. about your, you got nice hair. You know, uh, decent sized uh, biceps. I wish I, talk, I wish I could talk about that. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I'm just going off, going off the deep end here. <laughs> you have a nice voice, you know. Uh, oh, wow. Probably, you know, I'd give it, you know, seven point eight out of ten in the looks department. You know, that's solid. You know, no, 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 no George Clooney, but doing good, doing good for yourself. I'm gonna bring that to my wife as soon as I'm uh, done with you. Okay, <laughs> like seven, seven point eight here. Uh. Yeah, seven point eight. Eh? What do you think? Uh, <laughs> No, I usually when I talk to people from the West Coast, they 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 always they always uh, they always seem to enjoy my my East Coast. Uh, I won't say New York, but close uh, close to New York accent. I do. I I quite like it actually. It's a. Uh, I seen it. Well, we're on minute seventy, but I'm still going. Whatever. Um, <laughs> I seen a thing the other day, and it kind of made me like. It made me a little bit question why they were doing this there was there's like a program in uh, boston um and maybe this is a common thing and i don't know about it but like there's a program where people can sign up to learn 
to they go to a class to get rid of their Boston accent. And I'm like, why would anyone do that? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I you don't are, understand. I and mean, you are who you are, and no one's. I mean, everyone knows you got to come from somewhere, and especially, I mean, every, almost everyone that I know in New York, and my wife works in New York, and more often than not, the people that she works with are people that aren't from the area. They're from you know the Midwest or the East Coast, and moving there, and mm-hmm. so you know it's. I don't really don't see what the big deal is. Especially if you're not going to go anywhere. If you're going to stay in Boston, you're not going to have the Boston accent. I don't understand that. Like, I was like, I was like, the Boston accent is so cool. Why on earth would you want to get rid of that? Like, then talk like me. Maybe if you're an, if you're an actor and shaking it is, it's hard to do for, you know, to get, to get, to get work. But that's a very specific job. Doesn't seem like there would be. Yeah. I don't see why your regular regular person would ever want to do that. I don't, I don't either. I, I, don't, anything, I would take classes to make my accent more so. Yeah, make it cooler. I mean, I don't even think I sound New York enough. Well, you, you, yours is mild. It is pretty mild, but it's like it's more. Well, I, it comes out I, mean, I want to take classes. I mean, I want to sound like someone from The Sopranos. You know, like, that's what I would. <laughs> I wouldn't try to get rid of it. I'd try to make it make it more so. Exactly, intensify the accent. If anything, I mean, why not? I just, uh, I don't know, I've, I'm, I'm probably going to catch some heat for this, but I've always thought that the, like, the quote-unquote, and everyone probably thinks this, right, like, wherever they live, but I think the West Coast accent, correct me if I'm wrong, because you, you, you would be a good person to ask this, the West Coast accent is kind of boring, and it's not, not really having an accent. Does that make any sense? If I make any sense. It, de- it definitely depends. You, you specifically... Um, could probably tell me that you were from anywhere, and I believe you. That's that's what I mean. That that's um, I I don't think I. But that's you. But then I I know people on the West Coast that have like a super like uh, from the West Coast, and I talk like this, and yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's kind of a then, California then you, specific. And then you, find, then you find out they're from Detroit. So it's like, <laughs> well, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. So who the cares? <laughs> <laughs> I did this. Well, good point. Who who cares? Uh, yeah, you didn't. I don't know. You didn't know this. I'm actually from Japan. Okay. No. Uh, I mean, you, you could be it. lying, but you, that's you a said cool story. It, you said anywhere. I just thought I would try to go far fetched on you, but I, mean, I don't I think don't I. Know. I mean, like that. So you know, my parents were you know, were living in Japan, and like they they met and uh, had me, and they moved back to the states. You know. No, that didn't happen. I made all that. I don't know all sorts of stories of people that have done all sorts of things. You know, it's kind of nothing would surprise me. Um, something like that. You know, I mean, I'm actually from pretty, the moon. That's a pretty feasible story, just to say you were born in Japan. Oh, I'm from the moon. Actually, I I was making oh, all this now, up. Now you're just telling a, the truth. So I have a lunar accent. Is that all right? Maybe that's what this is. I don't even know. We better quit while we're well. We we should have quit a while ago, I guess. But I'll wrap this thing. I would up. say probably we should have quit seventy two minutes ago. Seventy two minutes ago. Okay. Well, it's it's, <laughs> it's still, too late I'm still now. Saying, when I'm still saying hi and having my connection uh, messed up, <laughs> we should have just cut it right then. Well, that's I'll it. That's like, Hi, I'm James. Good to see you. Bye. <laughs> I, I make some pedals. You want to see them? Okay, later.
Other than that, I don't even worry about that. James is here, and there he goes. In and out. Boom. There he is. I, yeah. Hey, we were going to sit down with James and talk it. Oh, all right. Well, but that's the left. show for this week. Uh, sponsored by Sinusoid. Uh, check out their guitar cables. See you guys later. That's right. Well, Sinusoid <laughs> is the best. Well, I, I do are. actually do like their cables. Yeah, it's uh, not even not even doing a little plug for you, but the, the Sinusoid stuff is nice. It is very nice, and don't worry they they will be plugged uh, in the capacity of which they are always plugged at the beginning of this episode that you don't hear. But um, the oh, well, I, well, I hear it when I listen to. Uh, yeah. I mean, I hear it. I, I, I know what's going on. You know, you know what's going on here. You, I know what's going. on. I can't I mean, pull the wool over on your eyes. They're great, but I mean, not as. I mean, definitely not as good as uh, Main Ace FX. Oh, www.mainacefx.com. Um, ah, but they're uh, they're solid. They're though. close. Yeah, they're they're a close <laughs> second. Is what you're getting at. Okay. I'll have to talk to Andy and see what he thinks about this. He's gonna he's gonna pull my great. You just cost me my sponsorship. He's pulling the sponsorship now because of you. I have a feeling. I told you I would ruin your show. Ah, you did. You you did actually give me that heads up. All right, we're gonna cut it. Uh, I'm all right. Here we go. For James, this is Blake, and as always, folks, good luck and good tones. One last thing before we totally sign off here, I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville. That will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com slash StringJoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and... By you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is ToneMob.com StringJoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstreet as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunstreetWiringShop.com and check them out.